Hi, welcome to That Reminds Me Of, a podcast about film and the films that remind us of that film. You're here with Baron and the Doc. And the Maestro. Do we need another drink? Yes, we do. Yeah. Who knows, by now we probably have had the the intro yes. that we produced, so we don't have to do the awkward No, no longer have to do the intro. awkward intro. And we could just start anytime. The awkward intro days are gone, <laughs> and we okay. can just start talking. Okay. Whenever we feel like it, like well, may- right now. Maybe it's already started. <laughs> maybe it started. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. Cool. So what have you been up to this week, Doc? Tell me about it. Oh, what have I been up up to? I've been out at the beach. I've semi-relocated for a short time down at the coast, and I've just been making a fool of myself, you know, on the beach. So good. You've been living, you, you're living the paradise life now, on a beach, in a shack. That's, that's that me. What, that's it? Wow. Yeah. And um, I saw you were reading... Um, give it to me, King Lear. King Lear. Uh, yes, but actually, I brought my what I'm reading today. Yeah. Forgot about that. Use the hustle of the, of the go for Aldi it. bag that I brought <laughs> You you had a photo of. Oh, you've moved on from. No, there. I'm reading Great Expectations. Oh wow! Rereading it for like the tenth time actually, and I just think rereading is a. It's a thing. Is a thing to do. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And That's great. I was um, prompted particularly to bring it in because you noticed on my bookshelf some of the the books were that were the publisher that I love. It's the Everyman Library. And this is an Everyman Library oh, edition. It's, it's good. It's so bloody beautiful. Look at that color-coded depending on the era. Oh, it's pretty. Yep. It's pretty. A whole stack of those on your bookshelf looks amazing. They do. Most people buy those and then never actually read them, but you read them. You can oh. tell because it's all a bit, little bit dog-eared and that's that's what it's about. I don't read many of them, in, in honesty. Okay, well. But, um, <laughs> but you great shot me down. I was really impressed for a second there. Uh, but no, but you, do, you do read more than most. Well, and I reread this one. And um, Charles Dickens is just... The greatest storyteller on earth. He's just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. He's cinematic. People often say he's cinematic, so it's very apt for yeah. a film podcast. Great. I, you know what? I've not yet heard you bring up Dickens as it reminds me of, I don't think. Well, we'll have to change that perhaps. We will. Yes, we will. Awesome. I, I don't think I'm the interesting one this episode, though. You've been so bloody busy. I don't know where to start with you. Uh, yeah, it's been... Perhaps we could start with puppies. Yes, got a dog puppy <laughs> that is life-changing let me tell you just like three days ago we got a eight-week-old puppy mm. and she's yeah she's she she's peeing and pooing everywhere all the time like I, there's more poo coming out of her than food going into her somehow it's a, it's insane i don't know how it's possible quantum the, mechanics i think how many times a day can can one go like really it's it's crazy. Yeah, I'm. It's I, an existential that, question. Yeah, that you weren't actually <laughs> asking me seriously. No, okay. no. Um, but yeah, she's she's delightful. But how insane! I don't know how long this is going to last for. I don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> Enough of puppies. I'm sick yep. of puppies. Um, I want to hear about your your film stuff because you, for a change, got to actually go to a festival. Yes, uh, I got to go to Flickerfest in Bondi. Bondi is crazy. That's a crazy place. I've never been to Bondi. Wow. Been to Sydney, but I didn't bother going to Bondi. This festival's cool, right? It's it's in terms of Australian festivals, it's the only one that's Academy qualifying. It's like well respected. It they have the festival in Bondi on the beach in a sort of open mm. air cinema, but then they also travel the country after the festival's over and have screenings in every state in lots of little centres around Australia. Um, so Evie, my short film, will be doing the tour, which is cool. And did you I, mention what the festival's called? I'm not sure Flickerfest. You did. you did. Did I? I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's Flickerfest. It's Flickerfest. Flicker mm. So I went for just two days because that's all I could really squeeze in, and it was awesome. It's a cool festival. What a thrill! Yeah. So yeah. it's it's got it's been in heaps, but this is the first one that you've been able to actually. This is the Australian yeah. premiere and the first I could go to. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I've asked my main two questions. What else yeah. is happening? Um, I did a Spartan race last weekend. Oh, that's right. And the, we haven't spoken since because I pulled out. No. Yeah, we, we were meant to do <laughs> yeah. this thing together. That would have been amazing. Yeah, look Next at the time. shape of me. I'm not in the shape for Spartan. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Next time. I think you dodged a bullet because yeah. I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> it was the most humbling thing I've ever done. Like, I've done this, this specific Spartan race in Bright two years ago 
what the same distance because this was same, a half marathon yeah, distance wasn't it 21ks i've done mm. this this exact race before but this time they had changed the course and you know bright is is a is a mountainous it's like alpine high country right mm. and so you're you're not just going 21ks you're going 21ks up and down mountains and it's just really hard on your legs anyway but they just changed the course i don't know what they did they moved the trails and they it, mm. they they changed it to an extent that um, my legs just got shot about 17 Ks in and the last four were mm. like pure hell. <laughs> God, it was so hard. It was so hard. Like the most painful thing I've ever done and um, humbling as hell. Like I, by the, I just crawled over the line and was like, okay, yep, I need to train a lot more for something like this. That's Clearly. ridiculous. I'd say that's almost uncharted territory. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Which reminds me of the fact that we just saw a film just then. So yes. we used to do this a lot, didn't we? We'd go to the film and just review it straight away, even in the foyer sometimes. Yep. Like I remember our Wonder Woman episode when we got... Um, uh, the fire alarms went off. The fire alarms went off. Yes. Uh, so we used to do that all the time, and that's um, that's something that I enjoyed. And we've done it again today. We went yep. and saw the film, and we're straight back here, unrehearsed, we haven't thought of anything, not that we ne- usually do anyway. There's very little time um, today <laughs> and doesn't probably won't make much of a difference, you know, yeah. <laughs> honestly. So this is literally yeah. fresh. We've just come out and we want to hear what each other think. Yeah, that's right. And um, the maestro is in the room with us again today after not being here last episode. It's good to have you back, maestro. Hi, 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 everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and the, so the three of us just went to the film together. Yeah. Um, and we it was a classic palace cinema combo extreme deal whatever they call it of um you're seeing the movie a little bit early you get popcorn a drink of your choice we went for wine um and and uh magnum i think it was yes yeah it was a triple threat um triple threat but we haven't yet got a sponsorship deal so we we will keep mentioning until they knock on our door all that shit for 24 dollars that's the same as, as a ticket to Hoyt's. Take yourself saying. to Palace Cinema Pentridge, <laughs> folks. It's a place yeah. to be. That's right. Um, and we was it was in Cinema 12, which is the big one. So good sound. It's um, a big screen. Not as big as the biggest screens around, but, but still good. Still good. It was fairly sparse, wasn't it? I know we're yeah. still in COVID times. Uh, enough there for a, a bit of an atmosphere, but there could, could be more people coming back to the cinema, I think. I don't know what they're all doing. They're all out there afraid of COVID or something, I guess. Yeah, but, well, I haven't uh, been. I haven't <laughs> been outside for a month. So like, you risked it all for Uncharted. I risked, I risked it all for Uncharted. <laughs> so first question: yeah. Was it worth it? Was my risk worthwhile? Well, that depends what you out you're going out for um, in a in a film doc. I think I enjoyed myself. Okay, but I don't know if it was worth the risk. At the same time, your thoughts. Yeah, I I think I agree. I haven't completely made my mind up yet, but I think I'm not sure it was worth it. <laughs> uh, yeah. th- look, the company was great. You know, Maestro was great. You were not all right too. Okay. Um, so the company was great. The conversation, I'm sure, is going to be great. Yeah. Film. Maestro almost dropped his uh, popcorn like three times while we were watching. Almost? Did you yeah. see the state of his chair when we left? <laughs> there was popcorn all over it. He's like a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> the 10-year-old boy he was talking about in the Hand of God episode when he was talking about his childhood. That's the version that we went out with tonight. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, you know, just sharing. <laughs> I think we need to do a synopsis, a quick synopsis to give some background. Oh, God, I didn't even And I don't see that. either of us prepared for that. No. We don't have our phones on us. Um, let's okay. Look, let's look it up. Or do you want to just... Do you want no, to no, just no. Great idea. Look it up because... That's what we should do. What's it um, called? Uncharted. Uncharted. It's by, I know it's by Ruben Fleischer. Mm-hmm. And and f- I'm sure most people know about this, but Uncharted is based on a popular game series that came mm-hmm. out on the PlayStation. And they made at least four of them, maybe more, probably more. So question, did you, did you know that instinctively? Like, have you played the game? Are you familiar with... The pop cultural reference. I'm familiar with it. I've never had a PlayStation. So I've missed out on some games like Uncharted. I've missed mm. out on um, The Last of Us, which hurts me badly because I hear it's like the most amazing zombie game. And some people think of it as like a zombie story that you can't miss if you like the genre. Mm. And it's a game on a platform that I haven't 
ever had. So I've actually thought about getting a PlayStation just for that game. <laughs> but that aside, well, um, Uncharted's never really grabbed me like that. Um, but I've heard about it for sure. It's very popular. Made Sony a lot of money, I'm sure. I've never heard of it. I wouldn't. I didn't know what I was getting in for. I, well, I, I did just before I came in. I just read about it and, and realized it was about a game. But Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it's um, in the realm of Tomb Raider, something along those lines. You mm-hmm. know, um, you, it's a male action hero doing uh, treasure hunting, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> and lots of jumps and stunts and, you know, like timed yeah. missions and so on. I think my reference is a little earlier than that because I'm a bit older yeah. than um, you and half our audience probably. Is it still a game reference though? It's still a game reference. Fantastic. Uh, where on earth is Carmen San Diego? Oh, wow. Do you know that one? That was going to be in my Reminds Me Of se- segment. I know of that because of the cartoon that my kids watch. Oh, so it's, it's progressed. But, okay, but no. it's, it's, a, it's a new version of that. Of that. Yeah, I remember on, on the old whatever those vintage first run computers were that we used to have in in grade six in between the two classrooms and two classes would share one computer and you'd go in and play where on earth is Carmen San Diego. So good. Mm. Synopsis time. Yeah. I think I'm ready. You're ready? ready I'm not at all. Okay. (laughs) Okay, good. I I reckon I've I've racked up a few synopses lately. Yeah, you have. I reckon you owe me some. I do. So this one is street smart Nathan Drake is recruited by seasoned treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan to recover a fortune amassed by Ferdinand Mag- Magellan. Is it Magellan or Magellan? It'd have to be Magellan. Magellan. And lost 500 years ago by the house of Moncada. Well, that's... Mm. Does that tell you anything other than they've all got cool names? There's a lot of cool names there, but they're all ridiculous names. I stuff up some sort of pronunciation every episode, don't I? Yeah, you do. I don't do. think I've... Um, we, all, we both do. I just think I'm not confident enough. I think I know what they are, but I just stammer through it. I need to trust myself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a crappy synopsis. Um, it was crappy. Yeah. But we got we got Tom Holland as the main character. I mm. can't remember what his name was. Um, Drake. 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 Maestro? Yes. Drake. Good. My God. Um, and then uh, Warburg is the older guy who's sort of yep. the one who ropes him into this mission to find um, Spanish gold from the 1600s or something. I yep, don't know. from long ago. Long ago. Um, we've got uh, Antonio Banderas, who is, the, who is the, the villain, I guess, but not much of a villain. But I love it, Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Like, I think he's great. He's I just, great. I he's great. Like he's, him. he's just the wealthy guy who's also looking for the gold, mm. who, you know, really, I don't know why, why we're down on him. He's actually not really done anything wrong this he, entire time. He's film. okay. Yeah. Look, motive is a bit of a problem for me, yeah, for okay. Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> True. When he's prepared to pay, you know, $2 million for the keys. True. Uh, why bother? I know there was a little segment where we're, told that it's all, you know, a family thing and he, you know, wants to do it for that reason. Right. And then we hear that maybe the boats, uh, ships are, are worth billions. Yes. So maybe that could be a, I guess, a chance. But I guess the moment he's, he switches over from just being a wealthy guy looking for more wealth is when he kills his own father. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's probably the moment. But that also, you know, um, if he's doing it for family reasons. <laughs> that's true. That's fine. Kind of goes yeah. against that a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. true, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So, um, and also no one feels too bad about one wealthy old guy killing another old wealthy guy. Isn't that funny? You just don't really, you just I, don't feel for that for I those people. I don't think the old wealthy guys <laughs> are the, the victims of no. the 2020s. No, no. No, it's okay. Yeah, I think we've lost our sympathy for them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then, and then the other characters are um, actually mostly cool adventure women. Yeah. Um, who are I can't remember the name of the lady that ends up helping them until the end, and then she's not helping them anymore. Uh, well, that's well, the act actress so Sophia Taylor Ali. Is she Australian? Oh, I was trying to work it out all through. It 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 went from Aussie to British. Yeah. So I thought maybe she's just a uh, an Aussie that's been in, in the UK for a while. There were a couple things where she said something like, my father, and I was like, oh, she's yeah, an Aussie. Yeah, my father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I, but I was wondering the same thing. Like, how Aussie is this person? Uh, it Damn. was it was a bit mixed. She could have. She's been... American. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, there you go. Maybe she was trying to be Australian, and she was nailing some of it, and some of it came off British. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was she was quite good. Yeah. I enjoyed she her performance. Me. She confused me. She and she confused the um, yeah. the boys in the cast as well, didn't she? Did. she? Yeah. Like they didn't know what to think, and they didn't know what to think of um, Tati Gabriel Tati. Yep. That's the actress's name. Yep. Um, but she was good too, the the other villainous. Yep. Um, and it was all just sort of adventure, gold um, heist adventure hijinks really, isn't it? The whole film. Hijinks yeah. adventure. Yes. Yep. And that, that uh, <laughs> he does that very well, Reuben Fleischer. Yeah. What else has Reuben Fleischer done? Okay. Let's, talk, you... let's talk about him. Can okay. we start with him? Yep. Let's start with Zombieland, for example. Great. Mm. Great. Brilliant. Same person? Same person. Wow. Uh, he did Zombieland, yep. which is brilliant. He did 30 Minutes or Less, uh, which is this crazy scenario where Jesse Eisenberg uh, is a pizza delivery guy and has to kill people and steal rob a bank and do all these right. things for... Very little real motive because oh he's got a he's got a bomb strapped to him but you know it doesn't it. make any sense yeah uh, and, and that's based on the idea of thirty minutes or your pizza's free that's exactly okay, right great uh, and also he's done Venom more recently which uh, stars Tom Hardy and is a uh, in, yeah in the Sony Marvel universe I didn't love Venom I mean it's it was okay I didn't love it yeah I I just watched it the other night in preparation for this yeah uh, and I really Hated it, and then I really loved it. And what does that mean? I don't what know, does that but mean? I, but I think th there's a theme here because I think I feel other than Zombieland, which is just unarguably great. Great, that's the thing. Yeah, that's a great film. It's a that's great a really film. fun film. Uh, really tightly considered and yeah. executed. Uh, but these other ones, all those other ones I mentioned, they're they've got. Bits that are okay and bits that fall down, but I think yeah. I'm, I'm starting to see trends. And he loves the action, loves the goofball, doesn't care much about making things make sense. Mm -hmm. Just wants to make it move from moment to moment yeah. in a fun, engaging way. And once you're onto that, yeah, you think, okay, well, I get what he's he's doing, and yeah, he's doing all right. This is fun to watch. Even if it's ridiculous. Are you saying he's a bit of a Michael Bay? I think he's better than Michael Bay. Okay, good. Yep. Now, but, I was just checking. I want to see how, if I threw that at you, what, what you'd do with it. Well, you, you, what, what I'm doing with it is, is having an, <laughs> a moment internally because I've, I've been quite critical of my, Michael Bay, haven't I? You have, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, because you go to a Michael Bay film yeah. knowing it's going to be ridiculous but mm. might be a bit fun because of all the action and craziness. But I just, just, which oh, it, it feels like this is these last few films that are kind of that as well. And this, and Unchart Uncharted in particular mm. is that. It is eye-rollingly ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Almost the whole way through. Yeah. But you kind of just have to go, well, that's the point. That's what, we're, that's what they're doing here. So let's just go for the ride. One of the positives with how he does it, just moving quickly from thing to thing, not mm. worrying about ex explanation because you'll just get, you know, um, you know, drawn into the into the action. Yeah. One of the good things is that the films often go short. They run short. Mm -hmm. So I was expecting this one to run quite short as well. I don't know what the runtime was, but it didn't it, feel long. Well, it felt like it dragged a bit at the end to me. Yeah. But but no, it didn't feel overly long to me. Okay. I mean, so, I mean, it probably was still cracking on two two hours. So you know, that's not that's not ninety minutes, which would be awesome. But I think the yeah. others have been more like ninety minutes. Yeah. Okay. We can edit this out if I'm wrong. But yep. and, and that felt refreshing. So even though I'm thinking ridiculous, 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 mm. then I think it's over. And I think, oh, cool, it's over. And I had a sort of... I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed it in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have time to yeah. get completely over it. Yeah. This one just dragged a little bit and, and tried to be a bit more Hollywood spectacle. Yeah. Yeah, I totally... Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, I think it all, to me, the whole thing was a bit crazy and ridiculous and kind of getting away with it, even though 
I've seen it done better elsewhere until mm-hmm. the helicopters flying ships uh, into each other sequence. And that's when I just went, yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. Like in what mm. world does this ever happen? Like, I feel like we just departed reality a mm. little too much. I mean, it's all a departure from reality, but this was just like uh, one step too far. You know, they talk about um, suspension of disbelief. That's just when I went, well, what are we doing here? You know, now we're having helicopter chases with ancient ships hanging Mm. off of cargo nets through canyons of islands in the Caribbean, like, or wherever they were. I uh, don't know. Yeah, it really, it, it really needed Arthur Fonzarelli on the on the back of one of those speedboats. Yeah, about to jump the shark, I think. Yep, yep. Um, okay, so what is there left to talk about here? Uh, Ruben Fleischer, like, I think we should honestly, I think we should talk about things that we were reminded of. <laughs> You're just willing to cut it. There. I am. Yeah. And the, the reason is that I just don't know what else I can say. That's because you know when we we've sort mm. of always agreed that like. Let's be fair, but fairly positive and not too mm-hmm. down on anything. Um, and I just don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, unless you have something else you want to talk about specifically. No, I can't think of anything. I, I, yeah. could, I could talk a lot about some of the other films, actually. Yeah. Like Venom that I watched a couple of nights ago. I, I could, Great. Tell I me could about talk that. A, well, we don't have to. Okay, but, but I'm just curious, like, what your, what your thoughts are. Well, I like the fact, you know, you've seen it, you said. Yeah, yeah, I I hated. I, th- I think I said I hated it at the start. Yeah, it seemed ridiculous, especially when Venom started bloody talking to Tom Hardy with that stupid with voice. that stupid voice. Yeah, and up with the you know the local San Fran vernacular. Yeah, uh, you know when he's a bloody alien, and that just seemed absolutely ludicrous. And I thought Ooh, I'm yeah. stopping watching this now, but me. I didn't, and then. <laughs> I saw the relationship build up between Venom and Tom. Yeah. And it kind of drew me in. And I was invested in Venom all of a sudden. And yeah. I liked it. And I liked that stupid voice. And, and I thought, okay, he's not actually taking this seriously. So he's making fun of it, playful. You know, he's not doing a bloody Ben Affleck and um, uh, Batman. Gal Gadot. Oh, uh, DC no. take it seriously stuff. Totally, he's taking the Mickey. Yeah, and if he's if that's what he's trying to do, that's fine. Let's enjoy it. Yeah, really playing the lighter side of Marvel stuff, the Marvel universe, and kind of having mm. fun with it. And this yeah. is clearly what this film was doing too. It wasn't taking anything seriously. So yeah, you know, let's. I agree enjoy. with that. And I think you know Tom Holland fits into that little niche of um, action hero that can be witty and throw off quick kind of comedy lines and get away with it, you know, pretty fun. Mm. Um, so, but this was not, again, this was just not the best of him doing that. Like if you want to see him do that well, you can watch Spider-Man and see him nail it. Mm. And this just doesn't really feel like that it ever quite got it, got rolling and um, they ever quite hit their straps with that stuff, you know? Yeah. He's pretty versatile though, isn't he? Like oh, he, totally. He can just pull it off and he's watchable. Uh, yeah, he's so charming as hell. Just charming as hell. Yeah. 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 I reckon before we get to, to what it reminded us of, why don't we why don't we introduce our new segment? Oh yeah. Uh, tentatively titled A Moment with Maestro. And this is the segment where we fling the maestro and ask him what the moment of the film was that resonated most with him. I am so excited about this segment. You're excited. I'm so excited about this segment. <laughs> This is going to be great. This is going to be great. Well, yeah. I hope it is now. I hope, he, I hope he's thought about this because he hasn't had very long to think about it either, just like us. Yeah. Because uh, so, uh, you just came up with this idea tonight. Tonight. And yes. told it, told us both this idea on the way here uh, from the cinema. So, well, no, I told you earlier in the cinema. I told Maestro just before we started filming. <laughs> <laughs> so, But we think this is going, I think this is going to be great. I think you do too. I think Maestro yeah. does. And then, well, I don't know speaking for, for Maestro, but... Um, <laughs> Then I think if it's great, we'll just keep it rolling. Every episode we'll do we'll see. a moment with uh, the maestro. Well, this is almost like an audition, isn't it? I guess, I guess, but let's not put too much <laughs> okay. you know, pressure on him. I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so, Sal, um, Sal being maestro, yeah. for those viewers at home <laughs> yeah. who don't realise it's an alias, yeah. uh, what was the moment of this film, Uncharted by Ruben Fleischer, that 
stood out to you? Um, what's this? Uh, Banderas. Banderas when he got killed. Ah. Because, because, uh, because it's the right moment at the time of the and becoming fun. It was was quite nice. And also the... It was quite nice. He got killed. It was. It was. A, that was <laughs> yeah, a nice no, because, moment for you. Because he start, he's sitting there, like he's doing a monologue, you yeah. know, like a great actor doing his monologue, and then he get chopped, you know, he get killed, and and that became also quite funny. Yeah. But and also talking about, I, I didn't see the the zombie movie, so I zombie I land. Don't know, zombie land. Mm. But the reality is, in talking about this movie, is that. He, the, he did a great movie, Zombie Land, and probably was independent. Mm, true. And yeah. then uh, you get into this big, you know, movies, mm. mainstream, and there is all the influence of distribution, Sony, Marvel, whatever, you know, it's, and that's, that's what makes this movie like nothing was new. Nothing was, that was not everything that you see in this movie has been already seen. Great point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point because Zombieland is a medium budget film. And yeah. Are, well, I don't think everything it was in, after that. Not independent. I think it was a studio film, but it was like a, a yeah. little studio film yeah. that they didn't yeah. sort of, you know, care much about no. until it went crazy. They spent most of their money on Bill Murray. And then, yeah. <laughs> ah, so it's the one <laughs> where this pol- policeman is is investigating and uh, oh, no, 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 that's, no, that's um, another one. No, it's where Bill, Mar- that's Bill Murray. That's the Jamush film. Yeah, I know okay. the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah spoiler alert: it's when yeah. Bill Murray pretends to be a zombie and then becomes one. That's right. Yeah. Does he become one, or he, just... he's? Yeah, that's right. I think he's he's just sort of lounging around, being lazy, <laughs> and they end up killing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. That was such a good film. It's such a good film, and so, yeah, it, it it no, I'll, I'll let Salkin. Yes, continue. yes, sorry, Salwi. No, 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 that's 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 my point. That's my my moment because every, everything we see in this movie has been already seen. Mm. You know, that's beautiful. That's, yeah. The, the Banderas moment, I think, is is a really yes. good pick because if you to find a a moment, we asked him for a moment, and that was. A real moment of the yeah. film, wasn't it? That yeah. was it had drama. It was building up to something, uh, and it was a dramatic scene. And then to have him just, you yeah. know, knocked off like that was quite comedic. I actually have a reminds me of specific to that moment. So oh. I am so glad you brought that well, moment up, Sal. Well, it reminded me of um, Leo DiCaprio in um, Don't Look Up, like when he was having his moment. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I say that, but it was equally impassioned. It was. Yes. So okay. So this is this. I reckon this is a banger, right? Mm. Um, and it's specifically about that moment because when I saw it, it made me laugh because it made me think about this other film mm. that has that did the same thing, possibly better. No, definitely better. Well, yeah, hundred percent better. I'm tipping it would have been. Yeah, but still, um, it's the same gag and it works. So Deep Blue Sea. Have you ever seen that film about big sharks in the ocean? Don't think I have. There's a moment in in Deep Blue Sea. Who's in it? Uh, there's a I can't remember who all the cast are, but I remember Samuel Jackson's in it. Yep. And he's standing in front of. He's got the basically the sharks. They've got either giant sharks or they're mutated sharks. There's something with these sharks, right? Mm. They really become aggressive and they're attacking this facility with all these people in it. Yep. They're and not on a plane. No. Okay. No. Not this time. They're on. They're sort of under the ocean. Yeah. And um. He's having a speech. Samuel Jackson is saying to the remaining survivors, he's standing in front of this big water hole and he's like telling them how they got to survive and they're going to do this and that and they're going to band together and it's going to be great. And mid-speech, the shark jumps out of the hole and bites him <laughs> and pulls him in. That old chestnut. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And it's the same thing. It, but, yeah. you know, like, and, and again, it's such a heroic moment where he's, you know, cut short. The Beautiful. fact that we're laughing is like, <laughs> it's, it's, but as Sal said, yeah. uh, that's been, it's been done a hundred times. Like I'm sure yep. that device has just been used millions of times and you laugh every time. So why not keep using it? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and if you get a heavy hitter in your film and you know you want to knock them off, yeah. like you want to give them a good moment before it happens, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. So do you have any, do you want to cra- crack into things that you were reminded of? Because uh, let's see, I was reminded of Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. 
Ooh. one episode in particular where the heroes are doing this, you know, Indiana Jones style um, treasure hunt and they're going, you know, there's keys and there's codes, there's secret passages, there's, you know, water. That, <laughs> That's <you> right. Know, <laughs> and and That's I just... That's a cracking episode. Oh, well, I, I remember, I, I love the series, but yep. that was the episode where I thought, oh, Really, this is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> um, and yeah. I, I still loved it and it was entertaining. Uh, but this reminded me so much of that. I just mm-hmm. thought they're, they're not, none of this is based in anything like a real world. No, I know it's, a, it's based on a computer game, so it's not going to be. No, but um, yeah, remind me of that. That's beautiful. Um, I love that show. I've just been rewatching it recently. Ah, it is a good show. Yeah, and it's just so devastating that season two is not going to exist. Really? Yeah, they they, they canned it. I thought it was. I thought just, it was a winner. I thought everyone loved it. It was a winner, but the I, I believe it's HBO just decided that this the direction of the second the second season wasn't something they wanted mm. to invest in. Okay, it had zombies in it. Apparently, it went off in a bit of a weird tangent or a different tangent, and they just weren't into the idea. For okay. whatever reason. Well, it was already going in all weird tangents, yeah. so I'm not sure. However, I think the beauty of it was that every episode was like a different pulp adventure sci-fi novel mm. or mm. a story contained. Yeah. And yet there was this this through line, which was kind of pretty about the whole... It was like the way that was put together was done in such a nice way. Um, uh, in, and that episode you're talking about is a prime example like it just comes out of nowhere mm. suddenly they're in a museum <laughs> yes. looking for clues and and opening secret vaults at with that the moon shines on yeah, yeah that you know? sort of nonsense yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> completely impossible to believe <laughs> touching uh, a touching a tooth that like a thousand no hundreds of thousands of people must have touched before but this time it just yeah. turns and opens a secret vault but you know Crazy. i think it's a it's a return to simpler days yeah. In a way, isn't it? Like if you think of you're probably gonna mention Indiana Jones, are you? Sorry. No, actually I have I have another reference that's in this in this realm. Okay. Yeah. Well, my point was just gonna be if you if you look back to movies like that, yeah, back in the heyday, they they spend little time trying to sort of um, Absolutely. explain things and they just have, you know, a few MacGuffins thrown in. Right. And um and that, you know, eggs on the storyline. Yep. Hundred percent. So the other uh, the other one that I was going to throw in is National Treasure. Uh, I, I assumed that would be a reference, but I haven't yep. seen it. Is that um, Cage? Yeah, Nick Cage. That's why National Treasure is fun. <laughs> yeah. If you took this yeah, film that we just fun. watched today and you put Nick Cage in it, mm. infinitely more fun straight away. The yeah, whole thing just becomes so way more fun just because he's in it. You know, that, that is nothing against the people in it because they were all good. Great, but yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. They're great, but they're they're kind of obvious choices. Nick Cage is not an obvious choice, and that's what makes it fun. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Mm. So, well, yeah, they're obvious choices for maybe the wrong sort of film, in a way, because like, mm. uh, what's his name? Donny. It's Donny Wahlberg. Is he's not the um not the new kids on the block? Wahlberg. This is Mark. What are you talking about? Is this Mark? This oh, is Mark. so Donny is the new kids on the block guy. Is that before your time? Uh. I I know the reference, but I don't remember which. I don't know who was in New Kids in the Block. Okay, but this no. this one is Marky Mark. This is Marky Mark and the Funky yeah. Bunch. Yeah. Well, there's another one who was in New Kids on the yeah. Block. Yeah. Okay. Um, I get confused. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. Where was I going with that? Any idea? Um, well, we just talked about obvious choices. Yeah. Well, he's an obvious choice in he he's often in these spoofy kind yeah. of kind of things, and Tom Holland. I guess is, but he's. I know he's in a quirky Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies, but he's still kind of a bit of a Hollywood cliche now, in a way, isn't he? Yes. Or has he become one? Maybe. I think he's starting to become one. I think yeah. now, if you want the witty action hero, you're you're going to be thinking of Tom Holland pretty yes. quickly, especially if there's if there's like parkour and you know stunts and crazy action. And he, he does it great. He's, yeah. in many respects, the perfect choice. Yeah. But perhaps a Nick Cage or someone a bit crazy, um, throw John Travolta in there or something ridiculous might have been more in keeping with... And yet they would never do that today. Yeah. That era is past. 
Mm. Like it, that was a that was a '90s, early 2000s thing. Where'd that fly come? We've got from? a fly in the studio. Where did it come from? All the doors. Oh, that no, window. window. <laughs> <laughs> well soundproofed. Bastard. Bastard. <laughs> That's gonna kill me. Cool. Okay. Well, I think we got we we went on and on with that one a bit. Have you yeah. got any others? I do. I do. You do. Yeah. Do you? I do actually. Great. You go next. Uh, I was reminded of a book. I don't know if I mentioned this one before. Maybe I have. So stop me if I repeat myself. But uh, a book called Masquerade by Kit Williams. It's a picture book. And okay. I became obsessed by this picture book in grade four. And I've never heard of it. You've never heard of it? No. It's it's a beautiful book and it's got these, it's just full of illustrations and those illustrations, every page is a clue to uh, unravel a mystery of where a treasure is buried. Beautiful. Uh, and the, wow. the wonderful cool. thing is that there was an actual treasure buried. So the author buried a treasure and this was the map and the, cl- the clues to find it. So it was a, a kid's book, but it took, I think, the UK or the world by storm. Or I don't know if everyone, it took everyone by storm, but a, a niche community by storm yeah. uh, and who, who went looking for the treasure. So it just reminded me of my childhood That's beautiful. in, in I love trying that. to find this treasure through this book in grade four. Wow. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. How how so if if uh, we have any viewers who are not from Australia, this is a blowfly is in our is just gone and in, come into the studio at uh, what time is it? It's like ten PM. Yeah, it's, they don't sleep. They don't sleep. It's very Australian. Yeah. Now do summer. you reckon the mics are picking up that blowfly? I don't know. We're just gonna roll with it, I think. Yeah, at okay. this point. I could see it. You can see it. You, you, did you see yeah. it fly through the yeah. frame? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's classic. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. So I've just said a um, 1979 picture book. Beautiful. Um, um, what's yours? Well, just trying to think what the next one is that I should roll into. Um, okay. So we talked about Tom Holland and the sort of action hero star quality, and it just made mm. me and and how how he's an obvious choice for these things. It made me think about how Tom Cruise held this ro- this position <laughs> at some point. I was reminded by Tom Cruise as well when he, when he was doing the, funny. the cocktail stuff. Yes, yes, the yeah. cocktails and also the sort of the whole ridiculous, uh, you know, the planes crashing um, and yeah. or whatever, things like falling off the cargo area of the plane and he's like somehow rock climbing over them and surviving. Like that's so Tom Cruise as well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, there's a specific film that came into my mind that just feels like the height of the of this yeah. Tom Cruise moment. Peak. It was peak Cruise. It was peak Cruise, <laughs> and that was a film called Night and Day. Had Tom Cruise and um, were they were the characters called Someone Night and Someone yeah. Day? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, I, I think so. I've seen it. I don't remember the details, but I remember it was peak Cruise. It had <laughs> um, uh, what's her name? I'm just blanking on her name. Something about Mary. Cam- Cameron Diaz. Yes, Cameron Diaz. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing else to say. It's just, you know, it I was think... him being Pete Cruz yeah. at the height of his action star craziness, but he was a bit older, which was interesting. Um, and I feel like Tom Holland could easily be heading towards that. Well, I hope he doesn't. I hope Al- he doesn't too. Although, I don't, oh, I think Maestro... So, no, it's a bit of a waste because he's very yeah. talented uh, actor. So Tom Holland but, or Tom Cruise? Not Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Uh, <laughs> the Toms. Uh, yeah, I really hope it doesn't go to because I I expect more from him. I, well, I think Tom Cruise is great. Yeah, I do you know too. What I mean? Yeah, like, I I think he's 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 odd. Yeah. Uh, but as an actor, I really quite enjoy him. Me too. I'm not a Tom Cruise hater. Mm. I think he's great. And but just that he had he has gone, you know, Pete Cruz at certain times. So can I just deviate from the script? Yeah. And I've found a another actor who reminds me so much of Tom Cruise and no one would ever pick it. Great. But once I gotta hear you this. see it, you can't unsee it, in awesome. my opinion. And I've forgotten his name. He's the <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, but we've that's seen so anticlimactic. <laughs> we've oh. seen no, you'll know his name. Um, we, we've seen him and talked about him in other films lately. He's the star of Yesterday. Oh no, what's his um, name? Is it Dev? <laughs> it's not no. Dev Patel. It's um, no. what, what's his name? 
he's he's wonderful. We're all going to look it up. Look and he up. was also I know the guy you're talking about. He's great. He was also in the series that I mentioned recently, uh, which is called Station Eleven, and he had a cameo. Himesh. Not a cameo. He was in Don't Look Up last week. We mentioned him last week. Himesh Patel. Himesh, Himesh Patel. Patel. Okay. Ah. Who's the other one? Dev Patel. Yeah. Okay. I can't picture Dev Patel. Anyway, Patels. Yeah. Not no relation. Well, I don't know. They are. Don't know. Um, but Hamish Patel, he's wonderful. Yeah. And I just see Tom Cruise in his eyes and in his enunciation and everything. Just really. Just. I'm gonna have to rewatch some. Just Hamish put it in Patel. the back of your head. Because I'm not, I can't see it at the moment. No, just, just, just. Wow. Okay. Just keep that buried away. Yeah. Viewers at home, do the same. <laughs> Feel free to uh, contradict me in the comments. That's what they're there for. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Now, there's no way that we can't talk about video games that've been adapted to films. Okay. Well, I can't that's... because I have no knowledge in the area, but I'd love you to. Okay. So I did a little, like you know, it's not my favorite thing. I don't really. Mm. I can't think of many video games that have been adapted that I think are great. Um, however, one sec, I had a little search going here before that I quite enjoyed. Um, Tomb Raider mentioned. Yep. Rampage. Shit. Yep. Warcraft. Shit. <laughs> um, Resident Evil. Now, I have a bit of a soft spot for Resident Evil. The the films or the Both. game? The games and the films. Some of the games are banging. Some of the games are great. Really good. Um and the films, they get wilder and weirder as you go along. That was, that was the yeah, yeah, soda water. Soda water. But, you know, I've got a bit of a soft spot for them still. Um, Assassin's Creed was not good. Prince of Persia was not good. Mortal Kombat. I don't know. This is a whole genre that I just don't yeah. know or understand, I have to say. Because I haven't played any of the games. I haven't played a game since... Double Dragon. Yeah, I've played a bunch of these games. Mario Bro- Brothers. No, I mean, some people might have a soft spot for that film, but I don't really feel it. Hitman. Um, it just goes on and on. And Doom. I don't know. Max Payne. That was actually had Mark Wahlberg in it as well. Um, the game was cool. Didn't really love the film. So it, it, it's it's a fairly doomed, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. um, path to tread. You know, uh, however, I have a recent one mm. that I like, Which but it's one? a bit of a cheat. Why is it a cheat? Well, The Witcher on Netflix. Oh, okay. That's not a cheat. It is a cheat because there's a graphic novel that came before the games. That's cheap. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's based on the graphic novel rather than the games. Yeah. However, mm. season two of Witcher, I was quite excited to see that they'd built the set of like the witch's castle uh, based to on look the game. exactly the same as it is in the game. Okay. That was cool. I take it back. I think that's a quite a legitimate, yeah. reminds me of. Yeah. Um, I don't have any um, uh, people watching. If mm. you know of any great game adaptations, I want to know, but I just can't think of any at the moment. Well, rather than think of specifics. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't really know any of them, as I said, but it, this movie did make me think of the different, approaches to adapting a video game and you know do you delve in and make it filmic and uh, develop the characters and do all this stuff Mm. or do you play by the the video game rules and just have it be you know uh, discrete little scenes one after the other very clear um, motives and actions and Responses mm. to problems, and you know, I didn't explain that very well, but you know, like, yeah, um, what do you call it? Missions, uh, and this this one I think was was good in that way. It was quite short and sharp. Yes, like a video. It felt like a video video game. Not all through. When when it felt like a video game, it worked. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. It's um. I guess the problem is that you know, video game, um, a, a video game is straddling the world, or straddling storytelling and gameplay, and mm. you know, you need to have, you need to have a solid enough story to keep your audience sort of compelled with where they're going, so it doesn't mm. just feel like it's all gameplay and you're kind of grinding your way, doing the same things, um, but often 
it's not really a strong enough story to then, I think, condense down. Or maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe there's a lot of story, but to, to turn that into a, into a 90-minute film is difficult mm-hmm. because just of the structure of it or something. I don't know, but I just haven't seen it done well yet. I'm curious about that. I'm starting to, to, to analyze the film now, probably only at the end of the podcast, but the first half-ish felt more video game uh, in its structure. Mm. Uh, so the, the dialogue was short and sharp. It was all pointed. It was all scenarios that got resolved very quickly. And then as it developed, it went sort of into film land and became like a Pirates of the Caribbean or, or some big, big blockbuster rather than feeling like a video game. Yeah. Even though the effects probably got, you know, more crazy as it went on, it felt more like a film yep. later on. Yeah. I think if you've spent a lot of time in these games, there's just no way the films can do them justice. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because, um, for instance, I played the new Tomb Raider games the one that the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raiders are sort of based off of. And, you know, she's good. Those films are okay. Uh, well, that film is okay. Is there, is there one or two? I can't remember with Alicia Vikander. Anyway, no, no idea. Um, but the game, the game's just way cooler, you know, like it just, mm. just is. There's so much, there's so much more going on there. Um, yeah. And I don't even know where, I don't even know actually how you would start to get that, what you get from the game, across into a into a film experience yeah it's it's hard that's that's a big ask there was a feeling several years ago that film and games would kind of merge somehow because because games were getting so cinematic uh that they were sort of tipped to become the new experience for stories yeah because i'm not a gamer i don't know if that's actually happened i'm sure it's getting more and more like that but it, it felt like it was gonna just almost take over yeah and has it has it is it on the way to doing that still or am well, i on drugs there's a lot of film writers and directors that are moving into games mm. to write and direct the storyline and the cut scenes and the and yeah. that you know that as that aspect of it because that is becoming more cinematic so yeah i think that that's happened but i'm not seeing it go the other way in fact, um, there's speculation that while we kind of understand books as, as there are literary classics um, and there are film classics that we think of as great storytelling, that we're going to enter an era at some point soon, mm. or we already have, but it's just not maybe recognized yet, that games are like the next, they're the next thing in yeah. terms of us recognizing classics in storytelling. Yeah, wow. Which is interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Because things have changed over the years, haven't they? Like novels didn't always exist. Films definitely didn't always exist. Right. And, yeah. and then they become the thing. Yep. Um, and Last of Us, the game I mentioned earlier, that's that's one that gets referenced a lot in terms of that idea mm. of games being the next great sort of storytelling platform. Gee whiz. Mm. I've got one other reference that we've mentioned already, but I want to focus in on something specific about it. Yeah. And that's Zombieland. Yep, and the the uh, relationships between the male characters and the female characters, and the fact that the female characters in both are kind of tricksters, and they're mm. untrustworthy, yeah, at least for at times. Uh, the it was it was almost the same, the same narrative all over again. You've got a a dorky guy in, in Zombie Land, and then a big tough tough guy tom holland is is not really dorky in this but he's he's yeah. younger he's naive um he's clumsy so very similar to jesse eisenberg and um what's his name woody this is beautiful of course it's beautiful this it's until beautiful. the end okay great um and and then the 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 girls yeah. uh, emma emma stone versus um both of both of the other characters but mainly what's her name's um oh forgotten again from um which one in in Uncharted, uh, I can't what remember <laughs> the, the Aussie, the Aussie who's not Aussie. Yeah, the Aussie who was good, but I've forgotten her name. Uh, so the relationship between Tom Holland and her is very, very, very reminiscent of um, this of Jesse and Emma. This guy, this guy. Look at you go. That's beautiful. I love it. Mm. 
I love that. Um, I think you've nailed that. I think this is a, a potentially a recurring theme for uh, Fleischer, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it is, and I, I find him very interesting in the way he deals with his female characters. And as a guy, I can't quite work out if it's empowering or the opposite. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That's a good question. That's a good question. Mm. You could look at it both ways. Probably. Yeah, like he, you know, basically the the girls in this in this one were just untrustworthy and <laughs> evil, and you know, it's really you know bros before them. Um, <laughs> so, is it? That's the message of the yeah. film. Don't trust these chicks. Yeah, you yeah, know, and trust your mate. And to the point where the two guys at the end. Yeah, are having a laugh while they fly off into the sunset <laughs> at at her expense. Sophia Ali, Sophia Ali, and the and the other yeah, one who's yeah. just been hit by the ship. She's been wiped out. The other one's been sent on a bum steer, and they're just like, huh? Yeah. Those two. So like they're they're, <laughs> yeah. they're they're strong female characters. They are, and there's something empowering about having female villains. I know that's cool too in a way. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of weird as well, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't. I don't think I'm capable of I'm dissecting that. it. No, I'm picking no. it. I think I will be in, in a few years when I've caught up. You know, when wokeness has you know, perhaps um, picked me up off the floor and told me what to think. It's it, it may have nothing to do with the greater society. It could just be his own little kind of quirk as well. Yeah, and if, and it, and it makes me think of the other film, Thirty Seconds or Less which uh, is, is quite crude. Mm. And I, I, I thought it was, um, I didn't like it because of its crudity. That's not norm, norm, my, normally my humour. And I, I just thought, yeah, this, this doesn't age all that well in some respects. You got final thoughts about this um, masterpiece? Only in that um, I noted uh, that the colour grade was sort of <laughs> teal and orange in a very Michael Bay-esque fashion. Don't. I did. I did. And, um, but that I also had a little bit of fun with the action and found it ridiculous to the extreme, but was, I was willing to go for the ride. Wouldn't tell everyone or anyone, in fact, to go see it, but I wouldn't talk them out of it either, I guess. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't stand in front of the the cinema, you know, just with a barricade, a picket sign, with a protesting. No, but you you might just gently nudge them towards something one of, else. One of the other um, films, which are almost all Oscar no, like nominated in the cinemas at the moment. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's yeah. a bit of a purple patch, isn't it? It There's, sure is. We've been starved, and now we're yeah gluttonous. Let's leave it at that unless you've unless you've got other pearls of wisdom not at all not at all no other gold no other gold uh gold buried somewhere the moment with my the maestro is a winner and we should do that next time you passed the audition maestro yeah. i think it's you're back job. next week thank you thank you <laughs> all right <laughs> till next time till can't, next can't time wait <laughs> <laughs> see y'all see ya see ya bye